What's up, everything? Though the Stanley Cup Finals are done and dusted, hockey never sleeps, and we've got tons to talk about today. Unfortunately, it's not all fun news, as we'll dive deep into the chaos that surrounds the Ottawa Senators. We'll also talk about what's behind and what's ahead for the Capitals and Vegas Knights, the Blues hiring of Drew Bannister, and much, much more. So let's get started, and let's go Blues. This is the 46th episode of the Two Guys No Cup podcast. I am Steven Ground. I'm here with Ian Peters, and we are coming to you from our spacious and luxurious studios in the ruined and desecrated remains of Alex Ovechkin's liver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's where, a lot of alcohol where, in Where there. the ratio of alcohol to literally any other fluid has shifted towards three to one. <laughs> I uh, hope he has two livers. Here's a question I saved to ask you on the podcast. Do you think Alex Ovechkin has been sober at any point since June 7th <laughs> when they won the cup? No, I don't think there's been a point where there hasn't at least been some alcohol in his <laughs> bloodstream. <laughs> the parade obviously was, it was yesterday, right? Or has it already been Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday, I think. Tuesday. But uh, maybe he's finally chilling a little bit, but I wouldn't count on it. Uh, and we will talk about Ovechkin and his teammates in a little while. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's it's appropriate, though not fun, to start with all of the strangeness that's coming out of Ottawa at mm-hmm. the moment. Um, we had planned to talk about it Anyway, but Justin Horniker, our friend on Twitter, asked, how big is the dumpster fire in Ottawa right now? And I think the answer to that is that the phrase dumpster fire, which is a phrase that was invented to describe what would happen if you took worthless material that society had discarded and then set it on (laughs) fire, is not severe enough to describe (laughs) what's going on in Ottawa right now. Uh, For those of you that are unaware... I, I I guess I should say some sort of, this is going to be kind of dark. There's going to be some dark and weird stuff mm. that we talk about, and it's not typical of our content. We're going to try and have, I don't want to say fun with it. We're going to try and, and discuss it mm. with, where appropriate, a little levity, but there's not a lot of space for that. So if that's not your thing and you want to skip ahead, we're not going to be offended. Um but, yeah, I mean, the first story, I guess the biggest story, uh, is the incredibly strange report uh, that has come out about uh, primarily Melinda Carlson, who is, of course, the wife of Senator's Captain Eric Carlson, uh, and the fact that she apparently filed uh, for an order of protection against Monica Carrick, who is Mike Hoffman's fiance. Uh, because of issues of harassment, uh, especially cyber harassment. Um, This news was first reported by the Ottawa Citizen and uh, writer, staff writer, I'm going to butcher this name, but I'll go for it, uh, Shamini Yogaretnam. 
Uh, but I'd say it's pretty good. It's, it sounded fine. It that could be right. not right yeah. at all. But uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, I I guess I'll just dive into some of the details and quotes of this story, and we can discuss it uh, as appropriate. Um, Melinda Carlson, sorry, there's lots of M names here, so I've got to keep them straight. Melinda Carlson uh, filed an order of protection, which is similar to a restraining order. There are some differences, but I don't know them, nor do I care to bore you with the legalese, (laughs) uh, against Monica Carrick, who is Mike Hoffman's longtime significant other and now fiancé. Uh, and said, in court, under oath, uh, Monica Carrick has uttered numerous statements wishing my unborn child dead. Uh, She also uttered that she wished I was dead and that someone should take out my husband's legs to, quote, end his career. Monica Carrick has posted over 1,000 negative and derogatory statements about me as a professional. Um... I, I forgot to say it already. We should say, oh, yeah. and I'm only saying it once as a blanket statement, that everything we talk about about this story and the next senator's story, for that matter, from here on out, is all alleged. Nobody's been convicted of anything. So in the proper legal sense, we need to say that it's all allegedly true, although it is certainly true. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that was the statement, that was part of the statement that uh, Melinda Carlson gave in court. Uh, Senators officials, including Pierre Dorian and Hoffman himself, have supposedly known about these allegations since at least the end of the season. Uh, When Mike Hoffman was originally asked, he said, there's nothing really for me to say at this time, that's all I can say. Uh, And then he later backtracked, or I guess what's the opposite of backtracked? Forward tracked? Fell into. uh, There is a 150% chance that my fiance Monica and I are not involved in any of the accusations that have been pursued. We believe there's no place for cyberbullying. The harassment, of course, reached ahead around the stillbirth of the Carlson's son, Axel, which I believe we commented on at the time. It was a pretty Mm -hmm. big news story in um, the hockey world this season. Uh, In an Instagram post where uh, Carlson, Eric Carlson, memorialized their son, uh, the account Sandy Dandy 45 commented, I feel bad for the baby. He didn't have a chance with Melinda popping painkiller medication every day. And Carlson himself responded, How dare you? You have been making fake accounts and buying hacked ones for months to harass me and my wife, but this is an all-new low even for you. You are a disgusting person. So that comment alone seems to imply that Carlson, the Carlsons knew there was a pattern of behavior here and seemed to sort of have a relationship with the person. I don't want to speculate too much, but that, for one thing, you don't respond to comments on Instagram if you're Eric Carlson 99.99999% of the time. So, um, uh, Hoffman now swears that he and his family will cooperate with the investigation as it unfolds and do whatever they can uh, to ease the situation with um, the Carlsons. But the writing's kind of on the wall uh, about, quite frankly, I can't 
fathom either of these players being in Ottawa next season. Nope. Um, so uh, I want to. I'll read a couple more comments and then we can kind of open it up to a little bit of discussion. Uh, according to Hoffman's agent Robert Hooper, uh, Hoffman has not officially asked for a trade, but he said what we've indicated to Pierre uh, Dorian is that and is that and let's call a spade a spade. It would be very difficult for both parties, both Eric and Mike, as well as the wives and the fiancés, to coexist in the same wives' room and the same dressing room. The writing's on the wall. In my 22 years in this business, I don't believe that I've ever come across a situation like this. This is an exceptionally unique situation and and one that's very unfortunate. Hopefully it can get resolved as quickly as possible. Uh, Hooper confirmed also that they'd been aware of the situation since the end of the season. And of course, while he maintains his client's innocence, uh, you can see the, the kind of straightforwardness, the bluntness of his comments. And then the one other thing I will add uh, is that um, the wives, a couple of wives of former Senators players uh, and ex-players, well, actually both ex-players, which I think is significant, commented. Uh, Marley Hammond, who is, uh, of course, Andrew Hammond, the Hamburgor's wife, uh, said, Oh man, if you only knew how unsurprising this actually is. Horrible, just horrible. And the worst part of all this is how Melinda Curry, which is uh, Carlson's wife's maiden name, uh, just wanted to keep this private because she's that nice of a person, even when a person can be this cruel to her. And uh, Julie Turris, the wife of Kyle Turris, said, uh, this crossed the line from cyberbullying to something entirely different in April. Unfortunate that this private matter has become public. Incredibly proud of my girl for standing up for herself and her family. It took courage. Uh, I think it's significant both of those comments were made on Twitter uh, through their respective Twitter accounts. I think it's significant to me that both of those uh, wives are wives of former senators because maybe wives of current senators don't feel feel like they have more at stake to keep mm-hmm. their mouths shut, you know, in terms of still being in the room with these people and yeah. not wanting to take sides or whatever the case may be. Uh, but the fact that the wives of two former players, Turris, of course, is in Nashville now and Hammond is in Colorado, uh, the fact that they kind of came out and said these things uh, makes... To me, it indicates that there's a lot of uh, fire where all this smoke is. So uh, before we go any further, I've been talking in dire tones for a while. What do you have to say about this situation? Um, We can, I mean, you kind of covered all the facts. We can kind of move forward, but I want to know where where would you like me to start? Do we want to talk about... Mike Hoffman with regards to the Blues, or do we want to, and we don't have to talk too much about it, or do we want to talk a little bit about his girlfriend and cyberbullying? Let's start with the latter, the second part. Okay. The top part. (laughs) Um, It's really, I think this goes without saying, we'll say anyways, this is really weird. (laughs) This is that's a, a nice way of putting it. Yeah. This is very, very, very weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know what compels someone to do this. Um, I don't know why this wouldn't get addressed earlier mm-hmm. by the organization or I don't know by the players or something. Supposedly, 
Eric Carlson approached Mike Hoffman about this yeah. and let him know yeah, that sh- this was going on. In, like, a parking lot. Yeah, scene. that's what Liz yeah, said, in a movie. parking lot. Um, and there's also, as a separate aside, which I mm-hmm. guess we can talk about, been rumors that Carlson has requested a trade, but that hasn't been reported officially Yeah, various outlets, so I kind of left it out, but... I mean, it's sorry. not It's not, it's not a surprise, yeah. but yeah, sorry, go ahead, we can talk about it's, that. Yeah, I don't know how this is allowed to happen or keeps going on, Um I mean, no one's really going to grab your Twitter account from you. And if she's using some sort of like burner or something like that, mm-hmm. then who's to know that she did it? But then again, obviously, it seems like with this and who is it, Colangelo in the NBA, mm-hmm. um, which we haven't talked about at all. But it's like you can have burner Twitter accounts and people can find out who you are real easy. Yeah. This does not seem like the smartest thing to do. This is definitely like, it's weird to say, but like a thing of like, passion a thing of just like just emotion only Mm -hmm. and i i don't know and mike hoffman went on you had your quotes about him where he said oh you know i you know i don't really have any comments and then it swung to oh i'm like 150 percent sure this is like neither of us and then I think it ended with, you can talk Talking to our lawyer. Yeah. And I was like, man, I think I've Which, seen this. to be fair, yeah. is where it should have started. Yeah. No, I get that. And that's like your lawyers talk to our lawyers sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know you can have a lawyer and not be guilty. But that always just sounds like, okay, so something weird's going on because the lawyer has to step in. Yeah. I mean, that's where my I mean, mind goes. The, to me... The standard is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. I think our culture does not factually behave that way almost ever, you know, especially True. the way accusations fly around now, uh, certainly surrounding sexual assault. And and there is the generally, it, and it, it is kind of intention, although I think both are appropriate, uh, the belief that you should believe the victim, you know, mm-hmm. or believe someone who reports a crime. So how you hold that intention with innocent until proven guilty is a separate issue that's way too big for our, us to cover here. But, like, both of those are, are good ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I look at this and I cannot think of any possible motivation Melinda Carlson and Eric Carlson would have to make this up. Yeah. You know, and, and why particularly then, like, uh, Julie Turris and, and Marley Hammond would comment on it and be like, for sure this is going on. I mean, that's why I said it's definitely true. As I just, I mean, I can't imagine why any of that would be made up. Um, it's probably beyond us to comment on why this would ever yeah. happen in the first place. And I know there will be people out there, they talked about this on Steve Dangle podcast today uh that will say you know well clearly this uh Karenik woman i'm sorry i forgot her name at the moment melissa is it it's somewhere melinda uh, melinda remember. is carlson oh, i think monica right. monica so monica carrick uh clearly she is unwell in some capacity probably mm-hmm. uh, but what she is doing is evil even if She's mentally unstable in some yeah. way, and I, I think we can separate those things. Um, but, I, I mean, I guess our job isn't necessarily to judge the parties or adjudicate the case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what it means for for the hockey world and and there's more going on in in Ottawa that we mm-hmm. still get to touch on but i mean this team that was i think in game 7 of the conference finals yeah, one game away one from year, the Stanley Cup like final 13 months ago not even 13 months ago is now far and away without a shadow of a doubt the worst placed mm-hmm. team in hockey they're just a crater, because just a smoldering crater. They now have to trade Mike Hoffman, and they cannot get anything for him. Yeah, and they have to trade Eric Carlson, and they can demand something for him, but the price even there is severely diminished. Yeah, uh, from what they could have done if they traded him at the deadline, like they should have. Um, so, sorry, but it's true. Um, do you think the Blues should trade for Mike Hoffman? So there, yeah. So I mean, that's that's the question we have to address at some point, and the answer is a a billion percent no. <laughs> and and here's the thing. I mean, I generally don't want scumbags on my team. Is it possible? Like, I it's a hundred percent possible. I don't think it's likely, but it's 100% possible that Monica Carrick did all this stuff and Mike Hoffman was really not aware. And in that case, if someone, even if your captain comes up to you and says, hey, the woman you love has been, you know, laughing about our dead child on Instagram, like, no way you believe that, right? Yeah. I mean, just just at first It sounds blush. ridiculous. So maybe Mike Hoffman is innocent in all of this, but... The Blues in particular cannot afford this for a lot of reasons. And I want to I want to shout out and applaud um, St. Louis Game Time, who posted an article. Uh, Laura wrote it at Hildy Mac on uh, Twitter, uh, kind of talking about this. The title was, Please Don't Trade for Mike Hoffman. His brand of drama isn't what the locker room needs. Uh, we linked it on Twitter, retweeted it. Um but she talked about a lot of things, and she talked about the rumors of dysfunction in our own locker room last year, which we certainly don't need to add mm-hmm. Mike Hoffman if he is a troublemaker, a troubled personality to that mix. Uh, but she particularly touched on, and I think this is the biggest reason the Blues just can't, I mean, he, they have to 100,000% move on from Mike Hoffman, uh, is the... Um, we all probably remember Alex Petrangelo wrote an article for the Players' Tribune last season uh, in which he talked about he and his wife's own battle with losing a child to miscarriage or stillbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really heart-wrenching article um, and really just kind of vulnerable and honest. Uh, and, you, I mean, you can't. You cannot bring... <laughs> this man with this story into into Alex Petrangelo's locker room because that's what it is, you know. I mean, whether there's a rift, whether he's a passive or a, a, an outspoken captain, whatever it is, he's the captain, mm-hmm. and you can't bring a man who you know. Even if let's say he breaks up with Monica Carrick, like the story is, it's just gonna linger. That's what I mean. There's just like a stench. Yeah, exactly. And and you can't ask Petrangelo, and I know Alex Petrangelo, you know, I think he's a great man, and I know he would try his hardest to do what's best for the team and and, and make peace where he can, but you can't 
ask that of Petrangelo. And I think Laura said it really well in the article. She said, uh, to place Petrangelo in a situation where he has a teammate whose fiance is allegedly wishing miscarriage on people and gloating about it when it happens is beyond inappropriate. To force Petrangelo's wife to do team spouse activities and to associate with someone who has been accused of cyberstalking victims of miscarriage would be disrespect would be a disrespectful affront to her. The Blues could use Hoffman on the ice. He'd be a valuable player, but it's not worth it. And I think that last sentence really sums it up well, because none of this makes Mike Hoffman not a 30-ish goal-scoring winger, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still a very valuable hockey player, but I just don't think the Blues can be the team that trades for him now. And look, somebody will be. You know, it, mm-hmm. in in the year where people where there's strong rumors that uh, some teams want to bring Slava Voinov back into the NHL, which Yuck. is a wholly different, disgusting topic we can talk about if you want to. Somebody's going to take this plunge, and maybe Mike Hoffman, especially if he's you know kind of separate from this. But maybe the family deserves a second chance. Maybe Monica Carrick really is mentally unwell and needs help and they can get her that you know i'm i'm not here to judge everyone and and lay down penalties for all involved uh but the blues particularly cannot be the team to take that plunge and another thing i want to talk to you about that's related um Mm -hmm. and you know they mentioned it on the on the dangle podcast too is uh the you know every everyone in St. Louis knows that the Blues were reportedly really pursuing Hoffman at the trade deadline. Yeah, um, and the talks got pretty advanced and were supposedly going to resume during the summer. Um, but there's an even more substantiated rumor that uh, Ottawa had a deal in place with uh, the Winnipeg Jets. And Hoffman turned it down. I guess he has some sort of partial no-trade clause or something. Uh, And Hoffman turned it down to not move to Winnipeg. Uh, And, you know, leaving aside the wiseness or stupidness of that decision, which certainly (laughs) appears to be a bad one now, um, what do you think Pierre Doria knew at the time about this situation? And what do you think the ramifications are if he knew it and hit it from the likes of Kevin Dayoff and, and Doug Armstrong? I'm not sure that he knew, but I'm, like, sure that he knew. Yeah. I'm sure he knew something. It sounds he like... He had the, to know something. It sounds like the reason they wanted to trade him, and he's a... I mean, he's a... He has been a 30-goal scorer. He's been close. He's been real close. Why are you trading him? Mm-hmm. Like, Why? What's the what's the reasoning? There was always something weird going on, and it could have just been, well, Mike Hoffman's kind of a burr in someone's side, you know, in the locker room. But now that it's this, maybe maybe that's all Pierre Dorian knew that there was just some weird locker room thing, and it was Hoffman, and so mm-hmm. he had to get rid of him. Um, and if that's the case, then I don't put too much blame on him because people do that all the time. I mean, Oshi wasn't a problem in the locker room, but he was a problem with the team, you know, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. supposedly, and we shipped him off. And that's all, I'm sure, whoever was the GM for the Caps at the time knew. Yeah. And so that's fine. But if Dorian knew it was some weird psycho cyberbullying crap and then tried to pull the wool over Sheldayoff's eyes for that, 
or just didn't tell him. I guess it's not a lie if you're omitting something, if you're just not talking about it, but it's kind of not the most, uh, I don't know, businessy, gentlemanly thing to do. Right. And I, it's, I'd, I'd be pissed if I was shell day off. I'd be, I don't know why you would do this to Pierre Dorian at this point. Cause his team is just falling apart. If I'd give that dude a call and be like, dude, don't like, don't do business with me. If you're just going to like fuck with me, like seriously, yeah. like don't bother calling me again. Well, you know, so a couple of things. First of all, I, I remember distinctly thinking, and I know hindsight is twenty twenty, so I'm not trying to say I'm a savant or whatever. But, but. <laughs> I remember distinctly thinking when Mike Hoffman was the name first mentioned as like the Senators might trade him, I was like, that is very early. Mm-hmm. Because they had basically at the time, I mean, it, I think it was after the Duchesne trade, but they'd basically gone on one bad losing streak. And yeah, they, and they already and, want to and get the rid of the reports them. were like, things are bad in Ottawa. They're, they're shopping Mike Hoffman. And I'm like, why? You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're one seven or eight game winning streak away from being fine again, you know, and you were a fringe playoff. You made it into the playoffs on the fringe last year and made it to the, uh, the, to the conference finals. So, like, why is that? So, like you said, it seems likely that someone knew something was up. Did they know the whole story? I don't know. But if they did, and he tried to do that to shovel day off, and Armstrong, yeah, you know, because it was at the same time, and you know that those two weren't the only ones talking to him about Hoffman, you just have to assume that they were a couple of the ones that got farthest along in the talks. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much a burn notice is realistic, you know, the concept of like, don't <laughs> mm-hmm. hire this man and kill him on site situation. <laughs> but like, you, I mean, you've got to figure Shovel Day off and Armstrong are pretty well respected amongst their peers. They've been in the game for a long time. Shovel Day off has built an incredibly good team. Armstrong is has here. built teams. <laughs> um, but... I mean, you have to imagine those guys are respected. And word gets out among these people. They all have group text message chains. And for 100%, there won't be dealings between Ottawa and Winnipeg if that was the case. So I don't want to linger on that, but it is curious to speculate. Mm-hmm. And, and and I guess transitioning, I mean, we can come back to this because we're kind of still talking about Ottawa, but... The whole front office from the top down is just chaos. Their owner, Eugene Melnick, I mean, we talked, I don't, I can't remember if we touched on it because it was kind of in the midst of the playoff yeah, race. I can't but remember. Uh, Daniel Alfredson, who of course is like Mr. Senator, um, <laughs> you know, the yeah. all time greatest player in franchise history and the relatively short franchise history, <laughs> uh, came out. In a, in a weird situation that he maybe didn't want his comments to become public, but they did become public, uh, basically said, yeah, this team would be better off with a different owner other than Eugene Melnick, who's the owner right now. Um, and Melnick just has a, a weird propensity for going in public and sta- saying stupid things. 
He complained last year about how fans weren't buying tickets, and he talked about the franchise as like a McDonald's, and like if you own a McDonald's, you're not going to sell it, but you can move it. But it's fun to own a McDonald's, like real weird stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And That sounds like some Yori LaTerra stuff. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an old man who like is just kind of off his rocker, kind of that John Mulaney thing Mm -hmm. we were just listening to about. Uh, Mr. Whatever his name is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, so Melnick's an, an awful owner. Yeah, he's pretty bad. The stadium is bad, or at least they're pushing for replacement. Yeah, the area it's in is really bad. The city is relatively small. I mean, it is the capital city of Canada, mm. but much like Washington, D.C. itself is pretty small compared to other major cities. Ottawa is pretty small, but it does not have the benefit of being in, like, a a three-major city area. That's kind of what I was thinking. Imagine if D.C. was, like, in Kentucky. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, oh, that's a pretty big city, but it's not really near anything. Uh, They have Toronto to compete with probably, you know, two hours down the road. Mm -hmm. I didn't look it up, but, like... It was a franchise in trouble already, and then on top of all that, news broke, I think, today or yesterday, according to Katie Strang of The Athletic, um, that there is now a 19-year-old shuttle driver in Buffalo who has filed an order of protection against Randy Lee, uh, who is a longtime Ottawa executive and is currently the assistant general manager, which means he is also the... uh, the general 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 manager <laughs> of the uh, Belleville Senators, which is their AHL team. Um, apparently, again, allegedly, Lee was in Buffalo uh, for a pre-scout, pre-draft combine, I guess. What is it with Buffalo? Buffalo was shit. where the draft was last year, right? Uh, I can't remember. I think honestly. it was there. So I don't know if this was last year or if they had a pre-draft meeting in Buffalo this year because obviously Ottawa and Buffalo are not that far apart. Um, but whatever the case, he was in Buffalo. He got like a minute-long cab ride or like a mile-long shuttle ride back to the hotel, I guess. This guy works for like a Hilton or Marriott or something. Uh, the the bus driver whose name isn't publicly known. Um, and Lee is accused of basically um, touching and groping the bus driver and making lewd comments, and you can read more graphic details if you want to, and I'm not going to share them with you here. Uh, he is now currently basically in a similar situation to Melinda, or Monica, whatever, Monica, <laughs> Monica, soon to be Hoffman, uh, where, you know, this is kind of an order of protections being filed against him. He's being arraigned for it. Uh, his court date was originally scheduled for June 22nd, but his lawyer got them to move it because that's when the draft starts, yeah. which what, what? He just got accused of groping a 19 year old boy. <laughs> and now you're like, yeah, we want him at the draft for sure. Which, yeah. Which by the way, if, uh, I, 56 to 19, weird. I know it's not illegal. I mean, obviously, unwanted sexual touching is illegal regardless, but, like, weird, right? I mean, Mm. creepy, weird. Um, Very much so. You know, yeah. I mean, so, anyway. (laughs) 
<laughs> why why would you as Ottawa be like, no, no, no. Uh, did you say it was his lawyer? His lawyer said, oh, we need to push it back. Yeah. But like, if I'm the Ottawa Senators, find one moment, just one little moment to save face and go, oh, no, 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 no. Just fire this let's guy. Just, just let's, fire Yeah, him. just get rid of him. You're going to have to replace everyone in the organization anyway. You're going to have to replace him, too. Just fire him. Save a little face. At this point, just rebrand your team. Uh, uh, So Eugene Melnick, I guess, is paying for Paul Cambria Jr., who is an L.A. defense attorney who famously defended Patrick Kane in his sexual assault case. Neat. Um, Yeah. Uh, Randy Lee has pled not guilty. Uh, and the NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, who's famous for flipping the cards over at the uh, the draft lottery mm. uh, and saying the 13th overall pick goes He's to like Van away. Uh, basically, uh, has said the league is not intervening in the matter at this stage, though it does have the latitude to levy discipline at its discretion. So do that. Do, yeah, don't just drop don't the hammer. let this man be seen on the floor of your draft. Don't. Don't show footage of the fourth overall selection and deliberation about it and have this guy on the floor of the American Airlines Center. Do not do that. Like He's not the face of anything either. Just get rid of the him. The NHL friggin' loves to be Pennywise and Pound Foolish. They love it. They love it so much. They will, you know, they'll make... Videos, they'll restrict where you can play their videos so much so that, God forbid, someone see a highlight on YouTube. But having a basically pedophile on on the floor at their draft, cool. Cool, they're <laughs> fine with that. Like, Look, they don't want to draw attention to themselves, you know what I'm saying? In some weird roundabout right. way. Yeah, I guess. Like, let's, let's sweep this under the rug. And Pedophiles nobody, go under the rug. Nobody talks about sexual assault in this day and yeah. age. Oh, no, for sure. That's how they act. They act very old. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. I mean, they're basically living a 1940s lifestyle. <laughs> Grow up whoever you want. It was a man. Cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, you you laugh to keep from crying, I yeah. guess. And then on top of everything else, James Duthie, who's a very prominent TSN anchor, went on TSN 1050 this morning and said, The sad thing is, from everything I am hearing, we may not have heard the end of craziness out of Ottawa. There might be more coming down the chute. I don't know what the more is yet. I've just heard there is more. So we're not done. There's another story. It's like, God himself has planned a series of stories to just derail this organization, which, by the way, has surrendered one of their next two first-round picks to the Avalanche in the now inconceivably stupid Matt Duchesne trade. The Avs basically could have the fourth round pick, or fourth overall, excuse me, pick this year, but can choose to postpone it till next year when they might have a shot at the first overall pick because Ottawa will be very bad. (laughs) And they would then consequently be able to draft Jack Hughes, who people are saying is the next Connor McDavid, who you'll remember at the time people said was the next Sidney Crosby. So (laughs) pretty big Pretty big chance for the coyote, for the uh, avalanche. I'm sorry, my brain's completely <laughs> gone already. We've got lots still to talk mm-hmm. about, too. And I've heard people say, including um, 
including that guy with the 31 Thoughts podcast, Elliot oh, Friedman, Friedman. Yeah. talking about how, well, Ottawa's got to go to Colorado and say, what do we have to give you to get you to take this fourth-round pick, basically, which the NHL says they can do. If I'm Joe Sackick, I'm not even picking up the phone. I'll play my chances in the lottery because mm-hmm. it's definitely a lottery pick. And I mean, the only case, the only case where I'm even answering that phone call is if this year's draft is much deeper than next year's, you know, mm-hmm. and like if it if next year's is Jack Hughes and then just fall off a cliff to anyone else talent wise, uh, then maybe you play the game and say to Ottawa, OK, you're going to have to give us a lot, though, mm-hmm. you know, um, but uh you know, if if there's talent to be had beyond Jack Hughes next year, take your chance. Play your scratchers ticket. You've got a really good chance that at the very least they'll have the best odds of winning the top pick. Yeah. Um. And and you know, by all means, play the lottery because <laughs> what have you got to lose? Mm-hmm. You know what you have this year, and none of the players beyond Darlene to me from what I can tell, are particularly awe-inspiring. I mean, I think there are supposed to be some good players in that bunch, but none of them, like, leap off the page at you. What could Ottawa give Well, that's the other half of this. Like, what, are they going to throw Mike Hoffman at them now? Like, (laughs) Like, no, no, thank you. That's what I mean. You're not going to give them Eric Carlson. Carlson. I I don't think the Avs take one year of Eric Carlson. I don't think that... The Avs could get Eric Carlson because I think he's gone before this trade with this hypothetical trade with the Avalanche would even happen. I think he's off that team, anyways. And so then, if Eric Carlson's off the table, he's off the Ottawa Senators. You have nothing. You have nothing to give me. Maybe Mark Stone. I, I, we maybe. Yeah, but that's mm, not enough. That's not for enough me. for the for a possible Jack Hughes. You're gonna have to give me Mark Stone and a whole buttload of picks that you don't have yeah. because you've run your organization like it's oh. not terrible. And it wasn't, and then it suddenly was again. I feel so bad I, th- I'm just for not, Ottawa Senators fans. I'm just I'm not so answering sorry. the call if I'm Joe Sackick. Yeah, I, I'm you so know, sorry. I can't, like, uh, we're Blues fans, mm. so we've got it rough. I I got trash talk just just yesterday about <laughs> by a Detroit oh, Red Wings reset fan. the counter. Uh, <laughs> we have in this facility. It has been zero point two days since our last trash talking. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I can't fathom every. It's like the entire roof is caving in on every aspect of your franchise, <laughs> and there's no hope. There, there's, there's just nothing. Not, I mean, there no. really is just nothing to look forward it's, to. It's going to get worse before it because gets better. you can't even rebuild now because your two best trade chips are damaged goods in terms of trade as, assets because Carlson isn't damaged in any way. Personally, obviously, he's still an incredibly elite player despite some people out there that insist that he's not, which is bizarre to me anyway. But... um you he wants can't, out. You can't yeah. leverage. They have no leverage. You know, mm. they have no ability to say, "Well, Eric Carlson might stay here and sign an extension with us." They can force him to stay there and play through the rest of this year. He has ultimately no choice about that. Uh, but they cannot 
force him to sign a contract there, nor will he. Because, I mean, you know, on top of everything else, even if they get rid of Mike Hoffman, how could you ask your wife to stay in the city where you lost your son and all of this god-awful awfulness happened to you? Yeah, you just want out. He's just gone. It's just just done. Get out of there. So both of those guys have no value. Then your next best player is Mark Stone, but he's an RFA, which you can still trade, but you can't guaranteed that he'll agree to great beneficial terms, mm-hmm. you know, unless you do a sign and trade, which again, if you're in Ottawa right now, why, what would you do to help that organization? Why would you help that organization? Um, if you're like Cody CC, are you just like watching this team <laughs> just fall around? And you're like, why? I and just you know, you're off. stuck there. Yeah, I'm like, I want so much to be gone from here. Uh, it's just, I'm just, I mean, there's nothing, Steve Dangle said today, and I, I, I think I agree with him, that I have never seen a franchise more poorly positioned ever, like ever. I, I, can, I have never seen a franchise less able to rebuild yeah. than this franchise. This is like I re- years of recovery. All of this stuff, to me, I know it's a Canadian market, and I know... The, the assumption is that nothing bad could ever happen to Canadian markets, but I do not see how this team stays yeah. in this city. That's the weakest Canadian I market really for sure. I really don't. And, and there are other Canadian markets that want teams right now. You know, and, and people can talk about, well, Eugene Melnick has to sell. I mean, this all looks bad on him, but he's an old crazy person. Yeah, apparently and he won't there's sell. There's one thing about old crazy people, and that's that they do not care what other people think about them. So if this particular old crazy person is fine with changing his team's name to the Nordiques, they can be in Quebec City in a year and a half, you know? So, like, I I just, I can't, I really, I hope for the city's sake that they get to stay and be a a good team again, Mm -hmm. you know, once they clear out all these scumbags who are apparently involved in all of this nonsense, you know, it's... It's hard to say the it's the organization's fault that one of their GMs groped a bus driver, but at the same time, it's hard to say the organization is faultless when all of these things are going mm-hmm. on. I mean, they maybe they built the offices on an Indian burial ground. Well, you have options when that stuff happens. Like we said, fire the guy. Yeah. Take care of this Hoffman situation in some sort of fashion. And I don't mean take care of it like under the rug. I mean like deal with it. Yeah. And they haven't. This is all just happened. You know, this all just happens. Right. And it's been happening. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I think you can you can sort of look at um, you know, other situations and there's a lot in our culture today. The people who don't take action are the ones who end up in bad situations. Exactly. Roseanne says some nonsense on Twitter. ABC fires her that day. Nobody's boycotting ABC, you know? Mm-hmm. I, there are other examples, none are springing to mind, nor would I necessarily <laughs> name them if they did, where the opposite happens and a company gets screwed by their own stupidity, no yeah. doubt. But, like, just cut your ties with Lee and cut your ties with Hoffman and cut your ties with. Uh, whoever you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, you could even I you could even make a case they won't. I get that, and I understand why because it is still business. But like, you can even make a case that if the if the Hoffman stuff is true, their best image option is to buy him out 
of his mm-hmm. last year or two or whatever and just say, you're a free agent. We're not, we wash our hands of you. We're not profiting from moving on from you because you're a scumbag. <laughs> I mean, that won't happen. Yeah. But I, we've already talked for almost 45 minutes about Mike Hoffman. Yeah. I'm sure there's more to say. Do you have one, more to one say? One more thing. Okay. It's more of a, I guess it's not fun, but more lighthearted. Where do you think Mike Hoffman ends up? Ugh. Ugh. I've got Ugh. I've got my team. Who it's gotta be someone who does not care. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins. I feel Ooh, like the Pittsburgh yikes. Penguins would get this guy. I don't know why. And they'd win another cup and like somehow people would kind of forget. It can't be a team with any Swedes. Mm-mm. So I guess they have Carl Hagelin, that's out. Vancouver? Vancouver's makes weird moves that don't yeah. have any direction. Who's your team? The Carolina Hurricane. Because Dundon is crazy. <laughs> Their GM was going to go, I'm going to make a splash. <laughs> then you go, oh, no, no. Not this kind of splash. <laughs> you know, when you when you think of splash, you think of someone jumping in a pool. But this sort of splash is like... A belly flop on Yeah, a belly flop. Or like when you've had too much to eat and it splashes back on you when you use the bathroom. <laughs> That's one of those kind of splash. <laughs> Tom Dundon is going to out crazy card. Uh, what's his name? I've already forgotten. Eugene Melton. Yeah, he's going to hold my beer. He's going to go, I'll take my Kaufman. What do you want? Uh, it's so true. So there, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Mike Kaufman to the Carolina Hurricane. And we'll we'll discuss the other shoe when it drops this week because I wholeheartedly believe there is one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. Go on. <laughs> do they have, they have the, yeah, they're the fourth overall pick this, this year. Yeah. These people have to stand up and draft. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, Thank you, know, God. you have to watch I'm, them stand up there and go, the Ottawa Senators would like to congratulate. Like, oh, my Randy God. Randy Lee will be on that stage. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> they bring everybody up to that stage, which is weird to me to begin with. And thank God, like, uh, no offense, I am I know they've got passionate hockey fans, but thank God it's in Dallas for their sake mm-hmm. and not, like, New York or friggin' Toronto oh, yeah. That's or wherever. That's a good point. Oh, my God. They would be booed out of the building. What if... Here's, here's, the, here's the most aberrant thing imaginable. What if they there's some infraction? What if the other shoe is some infraction that costs them the fourth overall pick? Because <laughs> it could, you know, if they let's say they did free agent tampering or something, that is a very common penalty in sports to take away your draft picks. I'm just saying it's possible. I think we need to go back to 30 teams. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> this, the problem. The, the Vegas stays in Ottawa League. God did not like the imbalance in teams. <laughs> they just fold it and have you a reverse one. expansion draft of their players. Who wants some? Who wants some? <laughs> $5 for my coffee. Uh, so moving on, talking about defensemen that aren't going anywhere. Um, a Swedish defenseman at that. Oliver Oscar Emanuel Ekman Larson, better known by his first and last name, Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, has reportedly agreed to sign an extension to stay in Arizona for eight years at roughly eight million dollars per year. And my question to you is this: Why? Why <laughs> did you do this, Oliver? Please tell me. <laughs> he believes in the franchise. Why? He believe, what reason does he have? He believes in what young, young whippersnapper John Jacob's building down there. I don't know what he's building. Oh, 
<laughs> Have you ever seen like uh, Field of Dreams or like If You Build It, They Will Come? Uh-huh. I think that's what John Chaco like, <laughs> wrote on a board. He goes, Oliver, you're like the field. If you're here, other people will show up. If you eck it, they will lurse. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's good for Arizona. Like good for Arizona. That's I'm, a I'm, foundation I'm you can build around. happy for the franchise yeah. in the abstract. I'm happy for because him, but I just don't get it. I'm down for there to be less garbage fires of franchises. But there's so much weird about this. And I've had some debates with people I really respect, who I respect their knowledge. And even Steve Dangle's podcast was kind of like, okay, I can see some of why he did this. Mm-hmm. One of the things they mentioned was they had a pretty good second half last year, which is true, but only after having... One of the, the worst. phenomenally <laughs> worst first halves of all time. Um, and another thing that's always brought up when people, you know, stay where they are, stay put, it's like, well, you know, maybe he just loves living in Arizona uh, and he doesn't want to go through the hassle of moving and all that, and that's fine. But what possible reason do you have to believe that over the life of an eight year contract, this franchise won't move? Because it will. Maybe that's maybe he's hoping. <laughs> maybe <for> that <laughs> he's like. So John, when are we gonna move and where to? Because I like Quebec City. He's like, I've heard Houston's pretty nice. <laughs> he goes, I live there. Uh, that is weird. I am. Uh, I don't know. But the the biggest thing I think, and this was debated on on the Dangle Show again. Not to keep referencing them, they're very fun. They're although great. today's episode, similar to our own, was a little darker than most, <laughs> but. They were talking about did he get a discount or not, mm-hmm. and Dangle's contention was more or less no. I really strongly disagree, and here's why. Oh, I think he did. Here's why: John Carlson and Jack Johnson are going to sign as free agent defensemen. Oliver Ackman Larson, no offense to John Carlson, who had a very good year and won a Stanley Cup, but we tend to forget history when people have very good years and when Stanley Cups, Oliver Ackman Larson is a much better defender than either of those. Mm-hmm. And I've heard I heard a rumor today that Jack Johnson figures to get Jack Johnson figures to get a six million dollar per oh, year contract. That's BS. Which okay, we can say that, but let's say he gets even five and a half. That means John Carlson gets eight and a half for sure. And if Oliver Ekman Larson is better than either of them. He's getting more than that. Yeah. And on top of that, Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty are both due extensions. And you can say, you know, you can say he's not as good as either one of them, and he's not as good as either one of them. But in the similar way that Jack Eichel waited for Connor McDavid to sign his contract and mm-hmm. said, give me $2 million a year less than him, and they said, okay. Why can Oliver Eichmann and Arson not wait to sign any contract and say, okay, Drew Doughty just signed for $12 million, which he probably will uh, per year, and Eric Carlson signed for eleven. I need at least nine and a half. That's what I mean. He's getting at least nine on the and, open and market. And I realize, I realize nine over seven is the same roughly as eight over eight. Probably a little less. I didn't do the math on the fly. I'm very stupid. But 
but you also lose another year where you can go out into the world and say, "Hey, I'm a free I'm free agent Oliver Ackman Larson, who's 30, I think, two years old at the end of this contract. No, he's, he's about 26 my now. age. So, yeah, so he'll be he'll be 34, but he could have a couple of years left so on you his life. And if you had 37, if you had if you had only signed a seven-year deal, you know, you'd be younger. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you get it. But I just don't understand this. I think he lost money and stayed with a losing franchise. I do not think, I do not believe they have a, a strong foundation there. I think they're starting to have any semblance of a foundation there. But I don't believe they have a strong one. They have no idea who their goalie is. They don't have anyone else on defense, and they're talking about trading one of their top young forwards. I don't get it. I don't get it. And that's what I'll say. I hope they turn it around. Similarly, we don't have an official Tavares Watch segment this year, but there's rumors that Tavares is working, or this week rather, but there's rumors that Tavares is focusing very much on signing a contract extension with New York, which I am calling bull on for this reason. That's all that he can publicly be working on right now. I'm so nervous. I... If he, you know, and I know as a Blues fan, talking tough really should not be something we ever do. (laughs) But if he decides to stay with New York, good riddance. (laughs) If he thinks that team has a better chance of winning a cup than, let's just say, San Jose or Vegas, who are two of the other teams that are supposedly in on him, he's out of his mind. And if winning a cup, and this is kind of my other issue with... Ekman Larson, if if winning a cup isn't your priority in this sport, I have something of a problem with you. Because you're going to make the money. The money, mm. if you're a good player, non-negotiable. But you can make the money on a franchise that might win a cup. Or you can make the money on the New York Islanders and the Arizona Coyotes. And if you choose to do the latter, that's fine. But I... I do, and maybe I'm not justified in this, but I do lose a little respect for you, quite (laughs) frankly. I don't understand the moving part when people are like, I just don't want to move. I'm like, yeah, but I'll, like, you could give me a crappy, mediocre raise and I'll move like that. I'll move so fast. Right. Plus, you're making $10 million a year. You're not lifting a finger in your move. Yeah. You're also not living (laughs) in the. You lift one to point and be like, that couch goes there. (laughs) You're also not living in the crappy part of Detroit. You're making $10 million a year. You're living in the nicest part of Detroit. It doesn't matter. Which is called Wisconsin. (laughs) You live in the. I know uh, that's the wrong side of Michigan. Maybe you live in the UP. Maybe you take a boat to work every day. Mm, John Tavares looks like a boatsman. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right. John Tavares, that's all I can say right now. Um, the closer it gets, you mentioned earlier, the closer it gets, the more likely it seems like he's going to be sniffing I just, free agency I don't know and why not could see get it. This far. I mean, the one, the one credit I'll give to Ekman Larson is he said, look, no nonsense. I want to stay here. If you want me, pay me this much money and I'll sign. Yep. And they've done that. And that's great. He can't officially sign until July 1st because that's the rule. But the assumption is, at least at this point, that he will do so. And that'll be the news that breaks for the Coyotes and good for them. Is that a John Tavares rule too or no? He can sign. He can sign his extension before then because you're not allowed to sign an extension before the final year of your current uh, contract, okay. and the final year technically starts on July 1st because that's when all free agency starts. Gotcha. So 
Ackman Larson's final year doesn't start until July first. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But any time, no, any time in the next week and a half, you could look down at your phone and it could say John Tavares is signed with the Oh Island. no, you're not safe. the way you, the way you said it, I can already see it. I know, and you're just I'll like, see Tavares what? like and no, uh, well. Time to move on to Ryan O'Reilly. Here we go, baby. <laughs> I've been saying it since day one. Ryan O'Reilly. Over 30... Mm, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. What's your percentage that Paul Stastny is in a blue note next season? I'm saying 35%. That he's here? Yeah. Mm, I'll go slightly lower. I'll say 30. I think he's but... the ultimate safety valve. But it's so gross, oh. and I like Paul Stasny. I liked him always here. We can, we gotta say it every time. He underperformed a little bit for how much he was getting paid, but he was getting paid what <laughs> the market uh, wanted. Uh, don't we listen just to have a drop that yeah. says that in like the legally like, small print voice. Yeah, don't let ads uh, inform your decision on who <laughs> to, to decide. Paul Stasny is an important decision and should not be based solely upon it. Look, yes, anytime Paul Stasny's mentioned, like, we paid him so much, like, I know. <laughs> like, and he didn't really perform that well. Like, I know. But we're well past that. Yeah, I would. He'd be fine here, but I'm also, like you just said, I'm well past Paul Stasny. I'm just, like, this if we're going to sink without him, let's just sink without him. We'll I'm fine. T- we'll talk about it, but this franchise does seem to love moving backwards. And our fans, quite frankly, which is awe-inspiring considering <laughs> there's no backwards worth moving to. Where, where's the good there's, part we're going there's to? There's been discussion this week that... Uh, the Bruins might be willing to eat a considerable oh. amount of David Backus's contract. And people were all over Jer- Jeremy Rutherford being like, so will the Blues trade for him now? And it's like, why? <laughs> first, first of all, I love we all love David Backus. If he if he comes back here, I'm not gonna be like angry about it but this locker room already has issues and you're gonna bring the old captain back and yeah yeah you can say and i believe that he and petrangelo are close and still talking all that but how does that work just mike yo brings him in and like they have like a string beard tied on like the <laughs> soggy bottom boys and oh brother where art thou and they're like this is larry bacchus and you've never <laughs> met him before like how does that work? And secondly, just don't move backwards. Why? Why? Who no. was it? Uh, oh, it's the it's the Artemi <laughs> Panarin thing. It's like yeah, well we won when we had Brandon Sod, so we need to get Brandon Sod again. Let's give up our best young player and the only player we have that we might build a long-term future around to get Brandon Saad back. And, oh, does he suck now? Is he injured all season and we suck? Cool. That's the <laughs> equivalent, except at least with the Blackhawks, hate to say it, but they're trying to move backwards in time to when they won three Stanley <laughs> Cups. We're trying to move backwards in time to when we fell two victories short of making a Stanley Cup final where we would have gotten decimated by the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Did you know that supposedly... Oh <laughs> the Chicago- Who is Jonathan Taves demanding they bring back now? <laughs> Supposedly, Chicago Blackhawks 
want to bring Scott Darling back. Oh my goodness gracious. You just picked a name out of a hat. You just picked a former Blackhawks name. Oh my god, please. I said, please, please do. do. Please get Scott Darling. What if they just like, like an implosion? It's like a black hole. It goes out and then it just crashes back in and that's where the detonation is is in the implosion it would be delightful i'm telling you that's the kind of dumb trade where the blackhawks be like hey we'll give you dundon of the hurricanes we'll give you brent seabrook forsberg yeah you can have brent seabrook he's a great defenseman we'll just take scott dong back and they both like it's like a trade that doesn't work for anyone i <laughs> love they it both agree to it 100 percent. uh why don't we talk about the two teams that were in the stanley cup final on this podcast that's never going to end mm-hmm. the vegas golden knights were in the stanley cup final which might surprise some of you because Vegas is not accepted as an actual NHL team yet. With more on this story, we'll throw it over to Ian Peters. Ian? <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Um, <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights kind of have an asterisk by their name still. They're like a team that is but also isn't. They're they, basically in escrow. But like, yeah, I, but, and for the record, I don't know what in escrow He just means, read that. <laughs> I think it's a word for when you've like bought a house but you don't own it yet. Which is basically the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, Knights. they're like in the gray, even though they've participated in a season <laughs> and, and gotten like all, all the way <laughs> to the promised land and just a couple games short. The Stanley Cup has been in their arena. Yeah, it showed That's up. not true of the Scott Trade Center. Nope. So there you go. We've had the picture painted on our ice, and it's kind of sad every time <laughs> I see it. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry for those of you that wanted sanity, but we apparently <laughs> talked about all the serious stuff and then just gone. lost our minds. Uh, in the summer of 2020, when the Seattle expansion draft is projected to take place, Vegas will be exempt from having a player selected off their team. Interesting. Why is that? That is because the flip side to this is that Vegas will not receive any of the expansion fee money from Seattle that gets divvied up amongst the league. So, okay. At the general managers, at the owners, at the whatever convention they got going on <laughs> in Florida or Boca Raton or one of them. Jim Con. Yeah. Jim Con. Yeah. Um, they decided. Featuring guest speaker <laughs> Peter Shirelli <laughs> oh, on God. how not to make a deal. How not to be a deal. The art of not making a deal. He'd start with the joke of a trade and it would, that would be it. And he's like, yep, that's my so, career. So, so I offered. Taylor Hall for Adam Lawson. I don't know why Peter Shirelli sounds like this. And that schmuck accepted it. And I got Adam Lawson. He has two S's in his name. (laughs) Um, I believe that this was more because, well, Vegas was supposed to be bad this year. I mean, really... Can I interrupt real quick? Go ahead. Since the train's already off the rails entirely, do you think Kevin Shattenkirk, now that he's gotten what the fuck, (laughs) now that he's gotten a taste 
of the nightmare that's becoming the New York Rangers regrets not signing and trading to Edmonton? Probably oh, not, but that is interesting to think about. Go on. We were talking <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights. Like, do you think Kevin Shattenkirk? Like, what? Um, yeah, probably. Thank you. Well, I would think so. That's all I wanted to know. But Vegas is supposed to be bad this year, right? Supposedly. Uh-huh. I mean, we looked at the roster. It's not... They were in yes, the Stanley Cup mu- Finals. As it's much not as we want to rewrite history, that is true, yes. So, I believe the owners or the league thought, well, we don't want to punish them in, I guess, what, two years, two summers away and have a player taken off their team. We'll, we'll let them be. They've been... They will have been through enough. And then we'll just won't share the expansion money with them. But I think it's more... That's the most positive read on how oh, this yeah. went down. I think it's literally flip-flopped. I think <laughs> the owners essentially said, look, we're greedy as shit. I don't want to give this dude any money. This dude's young, and he's like virile, and he's in Vegas. And he's like, yeah, hockey in Vegas. And we're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> no money for this dude at all. And they go, well... He's not going to sit well with that. Like, okay, he doesn't have to give one of his crappy old players to Seattle. I don't care. And this Seattle was, doesn't get to get their greedy little paws on Derek England. Yeah. If I'm Vegas, I'd be like, um, I want the money. <laughs> you can have, yeah, Derek England. You can have a tertiary we want player. A gift, but only if it's money. Yeah. They want that money so bad. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't care about their players. They can keep all their crap players, which I mean is a fair statement, too. Go on. Sorry. No, I, my question to you was is Ve- Vegas has been to the finals. They're a real team. This is the whole thing where we have to take them seriously now, but somehow the league still isn't. When do you think the league will? So, I have so much I could say. I'll try to be brief. Three words. <laughs> Screw this league. Hey, there you go. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where to start. Let's start with the fact that Vegas is not going to want for revenue any time in the near future. So... There's no crying over the spilled milk that is them losing out on whatever one thirty-first of six hundred and fifty million dollars is. So yes, they would have each made each team if all thirty-one teams got the money it would be twenty point nine seven million dollars, which is a nice chunk of change. But they've probably made that much or more selling Alex Tuck jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> each team now with Vegas out, the remaining thirty teams will get twenty-one point six seven million. That is seventy. So screw this new guy. That's seven thousand. Yeah, seven thousand k. Yeah, not even a million dollars. <laughs> they each get under a million. Remember back when I said the NHL was penny wise and pound foolish. Mm-hmm. I understand the logic. It's one of those things where you can see the logic, but you also think it's very wrong mm-hmm. of saying, well, <laughs> Vegas is a new team. They're going to be bad. So let's not let Seattle take, well, excuse me, let's not let the hypothetical next NHL expansion franchise that Allegedly. hasn't been named or even <laughs> speculated about take a pick, uh, take a player from Vegas because they need all of their players which is 
again, I see the logic of that as like an abstract, sort of like a baby floating in a bubble that's like, I don't know what's going on, but like, I, I can see, see it. Stuff. <laughs> um, but. Oh, you're the baby. <laughs> I thought you saw well, a baby. Yeah, in a bubble. either way, either okay, way you okay. want to look at it. The analogy plays on either end. But what I don't understand is if they're a bad team, why do they need to protect their players? Like, let's say Vegas sucked in two years, and they've got Cody Glass, which Wolf. is their, f- <laughs> their first pick this past year, and Marc-Andre Fleury that are, pre- you know, Fleury's aging, but he's still okay. They've got Cody Glass. He's a top prospect. Nate Schmidt, let's say he had still a really good season. And one or two other prospects... Uh, you know, came up and did all right. But like Alex Tuck and William Carlson, all those people never exploded. And maybe they sign like a, you know, like a whoever, like a, like a freaking, um, who's the guy? Tyler Bozak in free agency. <laughs> and let's say they have those players by the same rules they protect 11 of those or whatever. Who are they afraid of losing? You know, like they're going to lose in this hypothetical situation where their team isn't good and didn't break every expectation conceivable. And for whatever reason, Eric Halla didn't become a valuable NHL player. They're going to lose Eric Halla to Seattle. Who cares, right? Everybody had to do it to them. It's just the circle of life. Mm. But on the other hand... I just think I, I I think it's so stupid. For one thing, I you know we've we've talked and we fought the idea that the system was rigged for Vegas from the start because that's a total hindsight narrative. Nobody looked at this roster after the expansion draft and thought that's a really good team. Mm-hmm. Nobody even looked at that roster and said that's a pretty good team. At best, they thought that's a team that could have been a lot worse, <laughs> and that might in if they perform out of their minds fight for and ultimately lose a playoff spot that was like the most generous projection imaginable yeah. um so so while i agree that the system was not rigged for them one of the ramifications of this is and it is a fairly significant ramification is that the Vegas Knights get to do all of their trades and make all of their free agent signings and use all of their cap space and advertise all of their lottery tickets. I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Over the next two years without any concern for the expansion draft. So now suddenly the system actually is pretty severely rigged in the favor of the Vegas Golden Knights because the Knights can say to John Tavares or to Eric Carlson in a year or to who, or to John Carlson now or to whoever, look, come here, we'll give you seven years, we'll give you $10 million, and we'll give you the full no-movement clause that whoever... You know, that, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Paul Fenton in Minnesota is afraid to give you Mm -hmm. because he's got to think about the expansion draft in two years and all 
all of the teams now are going to be terrified of that expansion draft because none of them want to be in two years where Florida is now and just looking like absolute morons because of how poorly they handled it, which at the time looked kind of weird, but in hindsight, again, looks much worse than it looked when they gave up Mercia show. Um, So Vegas does have a pretty significant advantage. So on the one hand... You can you can kind of paint Vegas as the villain, but on the other hand, this league, if you're gonna put a new team in the league, they're part of the league. Just end it. Just make them part of the league. That's so stupid. Like how long and and that's the that's the stupidity of like an old boys club, which all of these leagues are. Uh, I can't think of the name of the owner in in Vegas at the moment, but that guy, Bill something, Bill Foley, Foley. is it? Yeah. Bill Foley's going to be the chump at the table for all of these meetings for the foreseeable future, even though he is going to bring in an absurd percentage of the revenue of the league overall. Like, it wouldn't be absurd to think that Vegas will be responsible for, let's say, 10% of the NHL's overall revenue this year, which, when you think about how they're 131st of the league and the newest 31st of the league, that's preposterous. Mm. But with jersey sales and television deals and everything that goes along with being a franchise and especially with being a sexy, new, incredibly successful underdog story of the year miracle on ice type of franchise they're gonna make so much money for this league and this league's just gonna continue to be like well you're not really here yet because you haven't served your time and that's so stupid and it's why this league is so broken and there are so many things that I want to talk about with this league that we haven't even touched on yet because we've got a whole summer to talk about it. But do you have more to say? Or shall we move on to the hot takes on Washington that make this <laughs> league look stupid? I blame old men with money. Yes, they're the root of all of and society's I'm soon, problems. I'm soon to blame just old men. <laughs> do you want to talk about Washington now? Oh, yeah. Is that where we'll move? Oh, yeah. Do you want to start or you want me to? Um... Let's get your let's get your take. What do you what do your what do you got? What do you got here? Well, let's preface this. First of all, Washington won the cup and they're having too much fun. <laughs> it's too That's much fun. It's not when okay. you win the cup, you can have some fun, but then you gotta shut the hell up. <laughs> I I this all of this makes me so angry. Okay, so you're already at that place. I'm. I've been in that place the whole episode. <laughs> I'm only digging in deeper. Um. So yes, Washington won the cup a week ago. They paraded around the ice in Vegas. That woman flashed the camera, and John Carlson was like, "Well, look at her." And Alex Ovechkin didn't notice because the only. Thing he cared to see in the world was the Stanley Cup. All those <laughs> things happened. And then Alex Ovechkin got the Conn Smythe Trophy uh, that uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov should have won. And then they skated off the ice and they bathed themselves in champagne and they haven't woken up since. <laughs> but with in the past week, they have been on basically a nonstop rager. Yeah, they're and a crazy that bender. That is fine. That is so okay, because first of all, God forbid people celebrate winning something with a little bit of excitement. You know, I'm, 
I think part of the reason the media is re- reacting so strongly to this is because this hasn't been new to anyone in years. The last, like, ten teams to win this cup, most of the people on that franchise had already won the cup. The closest thing we have is, like, when the Kings did it the first time mm-hmm. or when the Blackhawks did it the first time. And none of those cities... Struggles compared to the city of Washington struggles. Go ahead and say. I want to say, but Stephen. <laughs> Dam- <laughs> Stephen. Damien Cox tweeted of the Toronto Star newspaper that. Oh, of course. Let's get Canadian yeah. journalists in on the fun, huh? Rafael Nadal won his 11th French Open today. No video yet of him drunkenly rolling around in a public fountain because apparently some believe that's how champions should behave. <laughs> no, he did not tweet that. Yeah, the, uh, I highlighted the fact that he te- that he typed out eleventh for Rafael Nadal. That is Rafael Nadal's eleventh French Open. Yeah, I'd kind well, of be over it too. French Open. Yeah, just not eleventh title. N- not like that alone wouldn't be enough. Yeah, but it's a, his eleventh of one fourth of the major competitions he can win. Mm. The answer is in the question, you stupid, ignorant prick. And by the way, no one has been telling Rafael Nadal for a decade that he was a choker who would never win a cup and would never be taken seriously because he hadn't won a cup and would never be able to be compared to the greats of his generation because he was Russian and hadn't won a cup. And all of those things are true of Alex Ovechkin, so you'll have to forgive him if he takes a swan dive into a fountain now and again. And yes, he did a keg stand on the Stanley Cup. But to me, to me, that's the thing that's great about the Stanley Cup. You it can makes drink it, out of it. Well, <laughs> you can drink alcohol out of it. Try doing that out of an NBA championship trophy. Can't do Suck it. it nerds. Suck it, No, but like the, the Stanley Cup lives, like it lives the life mm-hmm. of its winners basically the other championship trophies are held on the field and then put in a museum they don't nothing is done with them i mean yeah they're taken to the parade and that sort of stuff but you know what i'm saying like Mm. and i don't want to be like well the stanley cup's the greatest thing since the history of sporting in mankind but the stanley cup is the greatest (laughs) thing in the history of sporting since mankind and that is the one thing that makes this sport hang on by the thin thread that it hangs on by. No, but like, uh... Can you just let this league have fun for a moment? Why? Why? Why can't you? Why can you not just get out... Not you, just to be clear. (laughs) I mean the NHL and the media. Just shut up! (laughs) And people were like... Oh, well, they swore at a parade when there might have been kids at that parade. So that's definitely bad. And it's like, that's on parents. If you went there not thinking you might hear an F-bomb or two on that microphone, that's on the parents. That's what I mean. I don't have kids, but like parent your child. Or how many curse words do you know? At, like, grade plus, five. I knew most of them. Plus, you hear, your kid hears Ovi drop an F-bomb on stage, and she turns to you and says, what's that word mean, Daddy? And you say, that's a word you get to say if you win the Stanley Cup. And then they never say that <laughs> Yeah, they word. go, oh, weird. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, uh, 
Alexander Ovechkin mm-hmm. has been told personally, I mean personally his entire career, which is one of the ten greatest in the history of the NHL, bar none, and isn't close to over, he has been told that his career does not matter until he achieves this objective. Mm-hmm. And he achieved the objective, and now the same ass wagons that wrote these stories for years and have even written stories since saying, well, he really still hasn't established his legacy. This is just one victory in a long line of failures. These same asshats have the gall to tell him to turn down the knob on his celebration. I hope Alexander Ovechkin turns the Potomac River into a river of alcohol and (laughs) floats out into the sea on it. I hope he floats away from this media because they do not deserve him and his greatness. And, I mean, some of this is heightened by the fact that this city has not won a title since, like, the Wa- the Washington Senators or something absurd. Did the Redskins win? I think the Redskins won one, but it was, like, 40 years ago or oh, something. Oh, okay. It, and it's a city that really cares about its sports, and honestly, I just, there's not a lot going on in that town. I've been to Washington, D.C., and if you're not doing the capital stuff, the touristy stuff, it's kind of a hard city to live in. And you can understand why, because, like, everyone in the world knows your city, but they don't know you. You mm-hmm. know, you're not any more significant if you're just a person that happens yeah. to live in Washington. You know what? That I always, I meant to say this a long time ago, and I forgot. It's very Vegas-like. Yeah. You know all about the city, but you don't know anything, anything about, about the, the city. city. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... You just there's so many people that just live their day to day lives in Washington as not as Washingtonians who are not in any way involved with politics and their votes don't count for anything and they just happen to live in this city and God forbid they enjoy a Stanley Cup victory that they've waited decades for, you know it's. Just, there's I I could be so angry about this. What the amount of angry I've been mm-hmm. is only a fraction of what I could be if I really let myself go. Do you have more things to ask about? More uh, awful comments to I, read? I do. I have one that struck me particularly hard. We kind of already mentioned it. Uh, All right, I'm stealing myself. Larry Brooks Thinking of the of New York pictures Post. Pictures of cats. Hang in there. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Okay. Larry Brooks of the New York Post, and uh, you already kind of mentioned it wrote, uh, Stanley Cup win doesn't erase Alex Ovechkin's ledger of losing. So I'm going to say right now that that's 100%, well, 90%, him being like, I need clicks. And that, so I clicked on the article. That is the definition of I will post a headline that is a hot take. Yeah. So I don't like this because I don't want to extrapolate too far on it because it's just the worst message ever to any human being. If you fail and then you succeed, don't forget you failed and you failed a lot. And let's not highlight the fact that these failures led to your eventual success. Let's talk about the fact that you had failures and that success means nothing until you've, I don't know, eclipsed those failures by just as many successes, if not more. 
Larry's right. Alex Ovechkin has lost three, at least two, second-round series with the Capitals to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, and so now we need to focus on those over his cup win, I guess. But, like, imagine if the Blues win a cup in, like, 2037, mm. and the first headline is, like, this does not erase 68 years of futility. And it's like, yeah, I know. I Like, nice, I was there. Nice math. I saw well. it. Yeah. Like a Nostradamus over here. <laughs> yeah, that guy didn't do math. Um, I don't know how I would take it. I guess it's just clickbaity. But also, I don't like the message in general because this is just a weird... If you practiced your whole life to do public speaking and then you did an amazing TED Talk and then the one dude in your standing ovation was like, hey, but remember in eighth grade when you talked about Grapes of Wrath and you stumbled over right. some words? Fuck you. This is like That's at the, you. If the, at the end of the King's speech, someone else and someone had stood up and said to Colin Firth, a.k.a. George the whatever or whatever yeah. his name was. Uh, but you still have a speech impediment, though. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get that. That was the whole point of the thing. Yeah. That's why I hired the guy. That's why we have a movie, and that's why we won Academy Awards. I just like mm, what. It's not healthy to think of it like that. It's such a stupid black and white way to think about it because the losing made this matter more. Mm-hmm. It's not the other way around. It's not he won this, but don't forget about the losing. It's he won this. Remember all the times he didn't win this and how mm-hmm. hard that was. Roll that up into the snowball that is your joy and excitement now. And I've talked about it before, like, and and I mean, I mean this sincerely, and I know how arrogant it might sound to teams that haven't, or, you know, fans of teams that haven't seen success, but, like, I, I'm pretty confident that in my lifetime the St. Louis Cardinals will probably win more World Series. None of them will matter to me like 2011 mattered. And I'd already seen a victory like that. And 2006 was a very different thing. But 2006, actually kind of similar to this Stanley Cup, was just a weird, like, fall flat World mm-hmm. Series where, like, we beat a team we had no business beating, but we also beat them in the strangest <laughs> way. And they basically beat themselves and laid down. 2011, by contrast, was the most amazing sporting story I've ever seen. And it was a hometown hero putting a team on his back, literally, like almost literally, and taking over the entire series and willing his team single-handedly to victory. Imagine if there had been a headline in the post-dispatch a week later that said, you know, David Freeze carrying the Cardinals to a World Series doesn't er doesn't erase him losing the Class AA championship at Lafayette in 2007. You know, it's like, what?! What? And and I I want to say another thing too, because I I this league is xenophobic. It a hundred percent is, and I I know that's controversial to some There's people. There's so many foreigners here, but, and it's not like specific, really specifically against Russians. Specifically, oh. Russian players. Oh yeah, are sure. just viewed with suspicion and distaste and. Things like if Guinea Malcolm was not listed on the 100 greatest players of all time. Just nonsense. Just things that aren't, you know, sensible in any way. And, and, and then on top of all that, the, room, the, the story has always been 
you know, while Alex Ovechkin doesn't really care about the Stanley Cup, he cares about winning a gold medal for Russia. And if he does that, he doesn't even care if he wins a Stanley Cup. Really, his whole career is just winning a gold medal for Russia and coming coming back to the Kremlin and hanging it off uh, Vladimir Putin's dong. <laughs> and Sounds right. <laughs> I'm following you. Now, in the very year that the NHL refuses... That man, and it hurt. It did hurt Alex Ovechkin more than any other individual. I'm pretty confident about that. But in the very year they refused that man his right to play for his country in the Olympics, he goes and wins the friggin' Stanley Cup. Like, no friggin' wonder he's celebrating this thing. And, like, God forbid he does, right? Like, God forbid they have fun because that'd be terrible. I just don't, I don't understand this league. And what would we have done if Vegas had won? Because this party is only a quarter of what Vegas would have put on. They would have had people jumping out of the sky through flaming hoops and landing on elephants <laughs> and things. But that's okay because that's Vegas. But, like, isn't and... they would have found a way for it not to be because the light oh, show on the ice beforehand yeah. wouldn't have been okay. Well, it wouldn't have been okay because Vegas won the cup. That's already just bleh, bleh. <laughs> Whoops. They were like, oh, no, something's oh. wrong with this league. Can you imagine that draw more people to watch this sport? And these people would be, oh, the people that love this sport most of all would say, something's wrong with this league. And that's what I, I think that's what I hate the most about the NHL is that they want to be, they want to be not the fourth league, you know, fourth professional league in North America, but they try. Approaching so, fifth, by yeah, the way. And they, but they try so hard to keep it there. They do so much to actively keep themselves there. They cannot, they cannot and will not the, get out of their own way. They think, it's the weird, they think they're better than everyone else and they're not. They're not even close, but they think they are. And thus they stick to this old man rhetoric of like, we should be doing the same thing we did in 1980 when yada yada was going on. Like, no, you shouldn't. You gotta grow. I don't like that. I mean, Alex Ovechkin was already a character. He's even more of a character now with this win, and they hate it that he's a character. Oh my god, please shut up and go away. And it boggles my mind because that's what sells. That's what sells, and they these people want money, but they don't want money. It's they like want, this will put they butts want in their seats. spokesman to be the most vanilla, milk toast, boring people they can find. And that's why Patrick Kane, who is a very openly accused and probably guilty rapist, <laughs> sexual assaulter, we already said allegedly, constantly. In advertisements, and you know what you hear every time someone asks women, what would it take for you to like hockey more? The number, well, not the number one necessarily, but a very common response among those responses is, stop putting Patrick Kane in advertisements. That's not hard. Put Carey Price in advertisements. Put... Henrik Lundqvist in advertisements. The dude's handsome as hell. I was about to say, why not? And he's got charisma. Mm -hmm. He's a friggin' model, basically. Like, what? Oh, <laughs> it's not real smooth at HL. It's <laughs> no. not. I thought that's what you were going to say. You know what you hear the most from people? I'm tired of hearing about real smooth. <laughs> real smooth. Oh, God. I, I, what, what else, what do we say about this Washington? I don't know. This league has full, tons of people that smash into each other, fast paced sport, and that's filled with the most 
boring human beings known to man. It's like they train these people to they, be oh, automatons. Supposedly, they kind of do. <laughs> I mean, I know it's kind of in Canadian blood to be like, oh, hey there. But, like, I think they go through a thing with them. Like, this is what, how you talk to press. This is what you say. This is kind of how you get around these questions. Or just general. This, like, this is how you talk about your shiny, team. This shiny reflective surface. This is a mirror. <laughs> and if you lose... You want to talk about looking into this because it's an analogy for reflecting on your own failures and shortcomings and trying to improve. Yeah, they go, but don't say any of what we just said. <laughs> say you looked in the mirror. <laughs> we gonna look in the mirror, boy. We sure are. The NHL needs to look in the mirror. That's what it needs to do. Any organization. You know, we we did the retrospective on Gary Batman earlier in the year, and there were there were highs and lows. He's done some things really well. I think he's okay. And the Vegas expansion will be a, a home run. They will always be remembered as possibly the greatest achievement of mm-hmm. his career. But any organization that is run by the same figurehead, not particularly well, with no markable significant growth other than inflation, basically. I mean, realistically, the growth they've seen over 25 years correlates with inflation more than anything. I know expansion and inflation aren't the same thing, but they kind of are. Why do you let the same guy keep running it? Like, get fresh blood in there. And you know, you know when they expand or when they finally do replace yeah. Batman, it's just going to be Bill Daly or whoever's mm. been there for a thousand other years. Well, a lot of that, he just kind of operates as like the figurehead of like the owners though. So like, right. it's almost like you need, it's hard to do, but you don't, it's not like you vote for it, but like you need like younger owners, progressive owners, some owner that's like, Hey, that's okay. If PK Subban is in this guy's rap video, that's neat. Yeah. But they're like, Oh no, no, you can't do that. Cause I'm an old white 80 year old man who made his money in oil i don't know if you've noticed but he's not caucasian Um, that's rough in the sport we don't like that and i mean that happens too i mean you know pk suvon is the most controversial figure in the nhl arguably that's not a coincidence i'm sorry (laughs) you just weren't quite good enough to be (laughs) controversial Should we move on? Do we have more sure. things to say? Um, there was like a Kovalchuk thing, but I think we can we can push it back Retcon to a later it date for next season. Let's talk about the things that we didn't talk about last week <laughs> and try to move through them quickly. Uh, we'll do a bit of news and then we're gonna go through our trade segment. But if you want to skip that, we won't be offended. <laughs> Drew Bannister was hired as the AHL coach Whee! for the San Antonio Rampage, who are gonna be our franchise um which is great because who wouldn't have an ahl franchise for a season us apparently but now we do again Um, i forget about it bannister was named the ohl coach of the year this year after coaching the sault st marine greyhounds to a 55 7 and 6 record which seems absurd i don't watch a lot of junior hockey but how do you go 55 and 13 over the course of a season uh 
Their GM, the Sioux GM, Kyle Raftis, says it's easy for Drew as a coach to say, I just want to care about hockey. But it's different when they care about the kids as well. Drew's discipline is going to be great for the next level, and he's going to be able to relate to that age group as they move forward. Uh, Barrett Hayton, who won the OHL Scholastic Player of the Year, said, He has been amazing for me. In my development, he has been phenomenal. He stick, he de- definitely sticks to the structure. That's a big thing, the way we play, and he focuses on that while developing guys and making sure they're accountable to themselves and the team. And then uh, Bannister himself said, The Sioux was the best development place for me and for junior hockey, and now I move on to an outstanding organization in St. Louis, and I'm really excited about that and the opportunity opportunity that I'm going to have in San Antonio. Um, Sheldon Keefe, it's interesting to note, who's the coach of the Toronto Marlies in the AHL and is one of the hottest NHL coaching candidates, uh, was the coach of the Greyhounds before uh, Bannister was. So it's apparently a good training ground for young coaches. Um, we talked about him the week before last as a possible hire. Mm-hmm. I love the move. Uh, Rafta said his work ethic is second to none, and his team style is fast, built from the goalie out, responsible defensively, and hardworking away from the puck. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a great signing. What do you think? Uh, I, I think it's good. I'm more looking forward to just having... An AHL team yeah. to control. I mean, you'll get a Clem Costin that can play the first line and will play first line minutes because we don't have, we're not sharing it with another team. What are you more looking forward to when, when uh, we get an AHL team back or when Drew Bannister takes over for Mike Yo in a year? Mm. Uh, when Bannister takes over. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Uh, Scott Wheeler, who wrote an article on The Athletic about this, said, Part of what attracted Bannister to San Antonio is the chance to potentially work with players like uh, Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, as well as the autonomy the Blues have been given to control the relationship with the Rampage. Ugh, what a change of pace (laughs) for the next five seasons. He's excited by the chance to start from scratch in San Antonio and craft his own culture within the organization while also developing young players. And is it sad that during that whole quote, the one thing I latched on to was, how are we going to screw up the AHL relationship in five years? (laughs) Oh, we won't have a team in five years. Nah, we won't have a franchise. We'll be the Ottawa second mm. center. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just real quick. I mean, we're already just going where whatever. I was flipping <laughs> through our Twitter real quick. and uh, Our very own Twitter, yeah. at Two Guys No Cup. Oh, yeah. On the Twitter link. Follow, like, smash things. Uh, <laughs> do whatever you need <laughs> to do. Smash. I don't know. Uh, Joey Palazzola. Uh-huh. Our friend, sure. He's a pal of Zola. Yeah, exactly. He's our pal of Zola. (laughs) Um, I'm so sorry, Joe. Tweeted about an hour ago. Uh, He said he can follow up on an earlier tweet of mine and can confirm the St. Louis Blues are currently in pursuit of Sens forward Mike Hoffman. Sounds like Ottawa is determined to move him before the draft. Would add a ton of speed and skill to STL top six. Gross. I hope you're wrong, Joey. I hope your um, contact is a load of shit. And yeah. That's it. Okay, let's touch on this again because it's time. <laughs> it's because been it's time. been an hour. <laughs> this can't I will be disgusted. Yeah, I don't I will be disgusted please, if Doug. Doug Armstrong brings that man into Alex Petrangelo's locker room. And it's as simple as that. And I'm not trying to be graphic, but you cannot do that to your captain. That is bullshit. 
the story is too similar. You have to prevent that. And I we kn- don't need him that bad. I, I know there are fans out there, and I listen. I get it. I a hundred percent get it. I know there are fans out there saying, "Well, you know, we we might not have to give up very much. We might, you know." I I even saw uh, Jim Tom Jim Thomas. I think it was Jim Thomas. Maybe it was one of the other guys no, at JT. the post talking about, "Well, maybe the Blues could just give up Savoka and a first to get him." You know, mm-hmm. and that would be an absurdly low price. And I understand the appeal of that for us. I get why we as fans think that's great. Pounce buy low. But there are things that are bigger than hockey. And there are things like not asking your captain to welcome a guy to the locker room whose wife is on trial for mocking a miscarriage. And that's Mm. wrong. And that, I mean, there's like things that are bad to do as humans. And then there's a class of things below that that are just like inconceivable. And that's one of those things. Like there's wrong and then there's below wrong. There's like subhuman attitudes. And this is that. And I... Oh, I Sorry, not to distract. I just no, no, saw no, no, the no. corner I'm of my sorry. eye. I, I, I know Joey has a lot of good information. I really hope in this case he has horrendously, horrendously bad information. We love you, Joey. I do not want that at all. Trades? Sure, let's go to trades. Drew Bannister is here. So we'll be starting our trade segment. We're going to talk about a number of trades. We'll try to move through them fairly quickly to get you out of here in an even two hours and 15 minutes. Um, But uh, if you want to leave now, you know, there's nothing but trades after this unless news breaks at 11.15 on a random Thursday in the offseason. But um, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about our trades as suggested to us by uh, the... The revereable? That's not a word. So good that Tommy we made Hull, up a word. Uh, who, you know, at some points when I'm slaving over these trades, I want to curse, but I would never do that because we love him. Uh, so. And we haven't tonight. No, we haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so Nashville is the first team mm-hmm. alphabetically that we have yet to address. Let's make it clear: uh, there is for sure not a trade happening between the Blues and my the Nashville trade Predators. Is. Uh, but if one were to happen, I was going to make up this one, which is ridiculous. And it's been a while since I wrote this one, so now I'm thinking, what were you thinking? <laughs> but I said we would trade our first round pick. And maybe a prospect or an additional pick and receive Pecker Rennie. Oh, man, you're in a lot of mescaline. Uh, I said, this trade can't happen, but here's why this one could happen. It's arguable that Renee costs them the playoffs this year. I wouldn't argue that, but some I will. would. And UC Soros is waiting and ready. The Predators are without a first or second round pick next season and therefore might have incentive to get one. If the Predators were to deal Rene, they might be looking to queer salary. And in other deals, they might have to retain it. If we offered to eat it all, they might just send him our way. Uh, given the his age and the low pick, it wouldn't destroy either team long term. I, again, that will not happen. But that's what I said. What's your thoughts? Wrong. <laughs> um, I have all mine are kind of boring, but I think they're realistic That's and straightforward. You're boring. 
You got Savoka and Thompson for Craig Smith. Oh, Boo! I know. Sound, it sounds lame, and it is. Uh, Smith is a 28-year-old right wing who is owed $4.25 million each of the next two years. He has averaged about 41.5 points in an 82-game season over his career, and he's matched his career high of 52 points last year, uh, or close to it with 51. Blues get a middle six right winger that they need, and Nashville gets a player with less point production in Saboka than what Craig Smith has. He only has two years left in his contract, though. Saboka does, but they receive a promising young right winger in Thompson. So they kind of, for us, eat Saboka and we give them Thompson for what's essentially a relatively decent right winger. How many points did Smith have last week? Uh, last year he had 51. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's not bad. He has the most boring names. So. Oh, his name is the definition of all my trades. <laughs> They're very milk toast. That's true, but you're very milk toast. <laughs> so. I'm a proud white man. <laughs> and you can't I work s- in an office yeah. in a cubicle. I am very vibrant. Thank you very much. <laughs> I watched the World Cup. Hey, For a moment. Hey, very multicultural. Uh, you're going to wake up at 5 a.m. on Saturday oh God, to no. watch France murder Australia? I'm Just a proud white man, and I'm going to sleep in. You can watch Neville Fekir and Kylian Mbappe carry the French to victory and other French names you've never heard of before. You want to take us to New Jersey? Sure, why not? Berglund, Barbashev, and a second round pick. For Kyle Palmieri. Oh, really? Palmieri is a 27-year-old right wing who is owed $4.65 million each of the next three years. He has averaged about 47.2 points over the course of his career each season. Palmieri is pretty scrappy at 5'10", 185 pounds. Uh, has a soft spot. I have a soft spot for these guys that are sort of smaller but still want to throw them. He's essentially a better Craig Smith. <laughs> um, Blues will get a second line right wing. And that who they hasn't been need. described from time to time as a better Craig Smith? Yeah, Kyle Palmieri, you are okay. <laughs> uh, New Jersey gets a veteran in Berglund to help teach the young guns over there about defense, which he isn't bad at. Uh, another speedy he's not young forward. Good at it, but he's not bad. Yeah, you can teach them a certain amount, and then after that year, they'll know everything he, can, he knows. He can teach them the theories. Yeah. So yes, Berglund, Barbashev, second round pick for Kyle Palmieri. Uh, looking at it, maybe you take out the pick. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, you know what? No, the pick sells it because the other two pieces are meh. The pick's <laughs> like the cool part. I have us surrendering Patrick Berglund and Vladimir Savoka. A bit of a pipe dream. Let's say... Uh, and possibly our pick or lower prospect. Here's why we surrender it. We get back Travis Sajak, who's owed $5.75 million through 2021, and we receive a conditional third-round pick in 2020, and the condition of that third-round pick is that the Blues would receive New Jersey's third-round pick if they buy out Travis Sajak before the 2020 NHL draft. I got real technical. That's a lot of moving parts. I said, I'm actually kind of proud of this. Um, Bergwind would be fifth in goals and tied for ninth in points on last year's Devils. That's how thin the Devils were. They had a thin red line, and its name was Taylor Hall. <laughs> uh, Saboka would be tied for sixth in points and assists. Uh, the Devils are in big trouble if they don't add depth and lots of it. 
so they have almost $20 million in cap room. Uh, Zajac had a really down year last year, only recording 26 points in 63 games. Uh, but he had 40-plus points in three of the four seasons before that, and he wins face-offs like a maniac. Um, so I think it's kind of a change of scenery for both sides, and it's sort of a salary consolidation. Like, we're getting a big contract, so we're not actually clearing a ton of salary off the book. We're just making it one guy instead of two pieces that we don't like, and hopefully he bounced back and has a great season. Uh, and he's fine for a couple more years, and then if he doesn't and we have to buy him out, there's a little incentive, a little little comfort in getting a third-round pick back if you don't, if you do buy him out. So there. So there. What do you think? A-plus? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's move to the other side of New York, the dark side. <laughs> um I honestly, weirdly, only think we're really good partners with the Islanders if Tavares leaves, uh, because if he stays, um, I don't want any part of the mess of contracts they have. Uh, Casey Sezikis, here's a fun fact. Casey Sezikis, Andrew Ladd, and Johnny Boychucks are combined to owe $15 million through 2022. They have to pay those guys $15 million through 2022. Um... So in my world, the the Rangers would receive Tage Thompson and the first-round pick from Winnipeg, and we would receive Anders Lee. Uh, Anders Lee scored 40 goals last year and 34 the year before that, and he lays the body, uh, but he's a we like the body. agent. Uh, and this deal would only make sense if Tavares left because they'd be in full rebuild mode, we'd be in full win-now mode. Um, and it'd be pretty high price for one year of a guy, but for 40 goals in the history with the Veras, which counts both if they want to play on a line together, but also if they just, you know, have locker room chemistry, uh, unless there's some horrible situation uh, that I don't know about, which was apparently possible in oh, today's yeah. NHL. Um, and, you know, we can maybe keep Lee if he fit in well here. Uh, and, you know, we could do a similar deal for Jordan Everle if we wanted to, which maybe is what you went after. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. uh, and finally, did you know that Anders Lee is from Edina, Minnesota, which I just assumed with a name like Anders that he was from Sweden or something this whole time. So there you go. <laughs> I've been to Edina. Have It's you? very rich. Is it? Mm-hmm. That's how you get the name Anders, I guess, mm-hmm. and play hockey for that. Exactly. <laughs> What a guy. <laughs> uh, mine's very boring. I'm trading for the rights of John Tavares. Oh, boy. Uh, what do you think John Tavares' rights go for? Unsigned? Yeah, he's not signed. There's not like a sign in trade? We're just trading for a couple of days of negotiation? Yeah. And an eighth year, potentially? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> no. I said, I said Robbie Fabry, yeah, and that's it. Go. Sure. Yo, well, here's some bones for we'll you. We'll give away <laughs> bones for anything. Islanders are really hard. I could not find a thing I really wanted off them, nor did I think they would part with. Okay. So that's why I there said that. Go. Why don't you take us to the nice part of New York, Ian? I also didn't. No, I have a trade for this one. Berglund, Fabry. Fabry's gone, folks. Sorry. Every trade is like something in Fabry. Yep. Berglund, Fabry, and a second-round pick for Chris Kreider. Oh, baby. Kreider's 27 years old, a left wing who has owed $4.625 million each of his next two years. He's averaged 47.1 points each of his seasons. Kreider has speed to burn, and the Blues need to look at getting faster. 
Blues would receive a left wing that could replace an uncertain Robbie Fabry. Uh, Rangers would get a natural center in Berglund, something that they lack at the moment, and a gamble on Fabry that could pay off big time if they shake the rust off over the course of the season. Second round pick is kind of there just to entice them because Chris Kreider is just that good. Also a little injury prone, but eh. Hmm. His name Chris Kreider. Also, he has great facial hair. He looks kind of like what the devil would look like in the 60s if he manifested into a human's body. It's like a little thin mustache and then a tiny goatee. Nice. And it's great. I love it. It's awesome. I love it. Mine's similarly heavy-hitting, kind of crazy now that I look back on it. Jordan Cairo. Oh, no. And a first-round pick. And Jake Wallman for Mika Zavanajan, who is... Sell me on this. $5.35 million through 2022, which is a big part of why. And, to be fair, Jesper Fast, who has $1.85 million left on his deal through 2020. Uh, so, to start with Fast, I read a Rangers vlog, Blue Line Station, if you were interested in looking it up, which none of you are, because none of you are listening at this point. Um, <laughs> Discussing whether Faust was overrated or underrated, uh, one writer wrote, Jesper Faust is everything you could ever want in a fourth-line winger. What Faust excels at is playing a high-energy game while not being a total liability in the offensive zone. When everyone is healthy, he's a fourth-line wing that can occasionally add something on the offensive end. So he's a four-checker and a defensive end player with penalty-killing ability, which I think are all things we could use a little more of at this point. Um... But Zabanajad is obviously the core of this. Uh, he's scored 46, 51, and 47 points uh, in three of the last four seasons. He missed 20-plus uh, games the year before last, so he probably would have scored that much too. Uh, he wins face-offs almost 50-50 on his career, uh, and he's fast, uh, and he's just oh, a young oh, oh. player on a lot of term because he's signed through 2022. Uh, so it's a question whether the Rangers would part with him, and they wouldn't if they're not fully rebuilding. But uh, if they are, the Blues are giving up a fortune to get him, but I think he might be worth it because we need centers desperately. Obviously, this would be in lieu of you know signing John Tavares or somebody else. Uh, and I think adding fast would help kind of take the sting out of giving up quite that huge mm. package of picks. So that's... Or, prospects or whatever mm. so that's my weird trade for them what did you think did i convince you or was it no no not at all <laughs> who are we trading jordan Cairo? no thanks Cairo a first in walnut okay well i tried um <laughs> i gotta i gotta throw Cairo into some of these i'm not throwing thomas You're into right. any of them but we gotta at least pretend um <laughs> senators we're on to the Ottawa Senators now. Oh, we're back. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Senators receive Robbie Fabry, and the Blues receive Ryan Dezingle in the 2018 poor, fourth round Poor pick. Robbie Fabry. Uh, in light of this week's news, I want nothing to do with this garbage team. Uh, but if I'm forced to make a trade, this one will have to do. Uh, we've got to unload the risk of Robbie Fabry. I'm sorry, folks. We do. We can't. We can't go he into the He blew out season. his knee twice, and he's going to blow out his brains <laughs> up in Ottawa. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, uh, Dezingle had 30, 23 goals last year and 41 points. A dark episode. And he has had more points in each of his three years in the league. He has had an increasing amount of points. Uh, the fourth round pick would help curb the risk of Fabry 
being healthy and taking off. Uh, but it'd be a nice kind of third line scoring depth winger, which mm-hmm. we again don't have a lot of. Although he is a left wing left handed shot, because we don't have enough of those. All my trades from this point on are real bad. <laughs> yeah, so go ahead. They're falling apart. <laughs> uh, Pareko for Mark Stone again. Sorry, Colton Pareko. We'll put you in a padded room so you can't <laughs> hurt yourself because God knows if you're in Ottawa, it's just a hellscape. <laughs> Have you have you played have you played any of them Fallout games? It's like that. We got to talk about that. It's nothing but super mutants and scavengers up in Ottawa. There's a rad scorpion. They just pop out of the ground from anywhere. Oh yeah, and they kill you right away, straight Eugene, to death. Eugene Melnick's one of those fucking nuclear lizards. <laughs> death claw. Yeah, he's a death claw, and he's like, I don't own a McDonald's. It goes for your throat. I can move the McDonald's, and I'll claw you to death with my big sharp challenge. I know it's a very specific uh, mod I'm asking for, but can I get quotes from Eugene Melnick? As a death claw claw tries to kill me. I'm sure that'll happen. (laughs) I'm expecting Uh, this in a year's time. uh, Uh, Pareko for Mark Stone. Uh, Stone's 26-year-old, a right-winger, right-wing shot, fantastic. He's a RFA, though, who has paid $3.5 million each of his last three years for his expiring contract. Across 82 games, he's expected to score 66.5 points, according to his career averages. Blues, I'm guessing, would most likely cost at very least six million. That's like very least. So I would have to guess to sign him for, mm, let's say, five years. We'd give him six point seven five for a guy that's a sixty point player, probably. By the way, as an aside, if I'm Mark Stone, I ain't signing with the Senators. Oh no, I'm saying you trade me because I'm not signing any link here. Or we go to arbitration. and well, I don't know if he has those rights. I don't know if I saw the little hammer next to his thing. Oh, you might not. Well, yeah. then just don't sign. <laughs> just, just go walk into the ocean because it's <laughs> over. Man, okay. I'm going to start smiling. I think you had the leverage to demand a trade if you're that high-profile player. Yeah. And just say, I'll, I'll, I'll sign a one-year, you know, we'll sign one-year deals till I'm gone or whatever. <sighs> What if you? What if a team thought for a moment, like I know what I can do. I can offer sheet them, and you've offer sheet them in between six and eight million. I think it's a first, second, and third round pick. Mm-hmm. And then look auto- at those numbers he has right out the top, folks. This is <laughs> this is why we keep this. This is why I would get paid. Um, Brought to you by Statcast. <laughs> I was like, what's those? What are those games you can play to? You know, brain games. I'm sure there's Brought a thing. Brought to you by Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll go with that one. Um, but if you offer, if you offer them, give them offer sheet for that much, like, okay, the Blues say we do that. We can get rid of the first, second, third. That's no problem. What if Ottawa goes, oh, that's fine. We'll match. Poor Mark Stone. Oh. You can't leave now. Oh. <laughs> You're stuck. Oh, the soul-crushing pain. By the oh. way, offer sheets don't happen anymore, so yeah. I don't know the answer to this. But in NHL video games, you can't <laughs> offer an offer sheet with someone else's picks. So oh, that's true. Can we? Could we not offer an offer? We sheet? couldn't because we have we to have, have our first. first. Yeah. Okay. They have to be your own. But I mean, that's s- a very hypothetical situation. At least to start, if it is, I I it's know. It's weird that you couldn't. I know, okay, I should say this. I know for a fact that if it was ours, if we had our pick and Winnipeg's, it has to be ours. Okay. We give to them. It can't be Winnipeg's. Okay. 
that kind, makes sense. Kind of like the Shen thing, where it's like we couldn't give people were confused. They're like, oh, let's give them Winnipeg's pick and let's oh, keep yeah. ours. And yeah. it's like you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. Hundred <laughs> percent. So poor Pareko would be stuck up there, but I think they would take Pareko because their number one defenseman. Eric Carlson is leaving, uh-huh. and they need something 100%. to fill that gaping maw back there. <laughs> and Colton Pareko won't, oh, but no. he's very tall, and he can at least kind People of... People will be astounded. stand in that space. <laughs> Look at him. He's so big. <laughs> um, my Philadelphia Flyers trade Steen Fabry for Wayne Simmons, because Ooh, they'll do it. I'll make them do it. I want Wayne Simmons. Um, oh, mine's even worse. Oh, okay, Go do you want to hear mine? Yeah, I this don't is have an by the way of all these. This is one I don't want, but it's one that we might make. <gasps> Coming it's home, it's Jake Allen for Brian Elliott. Straight up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I because knew it. This team and this fan base and this front office loves traveling back in time. What if we got David Backus and Brian Elliott? Oh back? my god. It be like Stan Bowman, but we never won a cup in the first place. We'd have to make Brian Elliott, he's our backup. Oh, okay, yeah. so we'd have to go get Philip Grubauer or something. But it'd be, it's conceivable. That you want to explain your trade? Because I did kind of no. steamroll you. No, I have no explanation. I just want Wayne Simmons. <laughs> your trade, though, makes me think if we got Bacchus and Elliott back, that's like, have you ever gone back to watch, like, a TV show you watched as a kid, and you're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. this, like, is not good anymore. This yeah. does not hold up. That's yeah. like Elliot and Bacchus here. You're like, oh, this is cool. And you're like, oh, hey, no. they're coming home. It's P. Diddy and, oh, no. <laughs> I go, yikes. And, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, I guess I take us to Pittsburgh, huh? Why not? Eric Foley. And a third round pick. We haven't pick. even seen him play for I us. I know, and we're never going to. <laughs> and a third round pick for Carl Hagelin. Because we're supposed to be collecting speed, right? Well, there you go. <laughs> hey, that's my reason why we're trading Robbie Fabry for Carl Hagelin. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. That's awesome. We close on the same player, folks. This is why we're two guys no cup. We have one minute to fill to take us to the two-hour mark. Let's talk about Fallout 76. Mm-hmm. There are no non-human NPCs, folks. Why? why? I don't know. Oh, because, yeah. I mean, it makes sense in the storyline because you're the first people to emerge into the wilderness, so there <laughs> like, can't be people I like out how we there. just walk right into <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> Continue. If the folks, if the people are still here, they will listen to anything. Uh, honestly, if you have Twitter, can you please, for the love of God, just let us know if you got this far? I'm super yeah, curious. Yeah, I please. really like. Just, just take a second. Tweet just a us. Period. You can unfollow us if you want. You don't <laughs> even. You can tweet us and then unfollow us. I, I just, just want to know. <laughs> but yes. You can nuke people in that game. You yeah. can go get but nukes it's like and a just blow up their little town. Building up situation, I think it's not like an immediate thing. You can also pack up your town and move around, and that's all I'll do. I'll be like a little drove <laughs> person that's like, "Can't find me now." <laughs> Packed up my town. See you. Uh, I'm really psyched about it, but it's not going to be traditional Fallout. Mm. But it'll be fun. I'm really yeah. excited. I'm, that wasn't my way of like crapping on it, but that's my way of when people are disappointed by it because it's not Fallout. It's like they weren't trying to make Fallout. Mm. They were trying to make Fallout 76. So suck it. <laughs> 
And that's been the Two Guys No Cup podcast. Uh, do you have anything else to add to this train wreck? I'm so sorry about Ottawa. It's such, it's such a. <laughs> I thought you were apologizing for the podcast. Oh, I mean that's that's a given. <laughs> At any given point in time, I'm sorry. <laughs> you put the earbuds in and you listen to this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, thank you for the love of God, but like, uh, I need to know why. <laughs> <laughs> We do want to hear from you. Oh, though. but yes. In, uh, all, in all seriousness, thank you for listening. Yes. We're approaching summer. It's here. But, you know, yeah. we've got two more, two to three more solid weeks of content. We've got bonus episodes planned for you. It's going to be great. But after that, we enter the black hole of hockey summer. And we plan to be there with you. But if you want us to have content, we'd love to hear your ideas. <laughs> so hit us up over at Two Guys No Cup with what you'd like to see us talk about. It can be anything, as this episode clearly demonstrates. <laughs> uh, do you want our takes on controversial laws in Sweden? Give us Why a not? go. <laughs> I don't think you should be allowed to only have two cows in your house. I think the whole herd can come in. <laughs> exactly. Hit us up at Two Guys No Cup up on twitter it's been a blast it i you know what it, this episode started it has been a blast this episode started with 45 minutes of pretty dark stuff and i think we made it fun for folks they tuned out after 20 <laughs> minutes but still it's great to have him here um yeah so we'll be back next week with maybe multiple episodes you'll have to wait and see this one feels like multiple episodes all on its own <laughs> so for ian peters i'm steven ground we're the two guys no cup podcast thank you and good night we salute you